0: Welcome to Beyond Medicine. My name is Rami Webby. I'm the host of the podcast. I'm a physician with a particular interest in healthcare innovation, building a better healthcare experience, and overall health and well-being. In this podcast, we bring you inspiring leaders from across the medical landscape to help us build a better medicine and lead a better life. We hope you enjoy All right. What's up, guys? I'm with Dr. Fatima Fahas, who is a dermatologist and a new entrepreneur. She just started Dermy Doc Box, And Fatima, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast and talk more about your entrepreneurial ventures. Welcome.
1: Thank you. This is so exciting for me. I'm excited to be here and to talk to you today. Uh,
0: me too. Me too. Um, we're actually from, uh, you know, I'm from Michigan. Uh, we have Uh, relatives in the same hometown I'm familiar with you our community sphere is all kind of in the likes yeah and um for me especially I'm uh always really excited when people from my community in particular are doing something outside of the box or um uh, doing an entrepreneurial venture and I, I really like to support um our community and make sure that we're supporting our entrepreneurs and helping them with their business in whatever way we can. Um, so I just wanted to, first of all, acknowledge you and say congratulations on launching Dermy DocBox.
1: Thank and
0: you so much. also, uh, I wanted to just give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background and what you've been up to recently.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is exciting for me. Um, I did not really ever think I would be in this space um, or taking this type of risk. I'm a very type A personality, and I think a lot of us in medicine are. So, you know, being in the business world now, it has definitely um, taught me a lot. So, training wise, um, I'm officially a board certified dermatologist. I hung up my um, certificate right up there last week, actually. So I just finished training in um, June of 2020. Uh, COVID and everything happened. And so boards got a little delayed, but I started working um, after training and uh, became board certified before the 2020 year ended. Um so uh, during the day and during the week, I'm a dermatologist. And um, when I come home, I'm in my mom role. And in between that, somehow um, I started a business with my husband, um, which is Dermy Doc Box. We're a seasonal um, subscription skincare box. Um, I basically launched this company out of my desire to help people navigate the really confusing, um, arena that is skincare, especially with social media and the age of so many skin influencers giving advice. I really felt like as a, a true skin expert, uh, there was a need for this, um, in, in this space. And so I'm hoping to kind of fill that gap for people.
0: Incredible. Um... So you just finished dermatology residency. I, I believe you and I are around the same age. Are you grad? Are you, what year did you graduate? Without giving people,
1: I am <laughs> thirty. I know. I, <laughs> I joined the thirty club. Yeah, Great. Well,
0: 30. I just turned thirty as well.
1: But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, really impressive. I'm no, you are not. You are you are actually for a dermatologist. Like that's a five year residency, right?
1: We're four years, um, years, but I I did go straight through. So yeah, I never took a gap year. I never had a year off. I just went right through from pre-med to med school to residency. So yeah, it's a long So you're
0: killing it basically.
1: I think I'm just like, now that I'm done with training, I'm like, what else should I do? Like, what should I be busy with? And my friends and family are like, do you sit down? Like, what are you doing? You just finished training. Why are you launching a business? And I'm like, well, we need it. I can't just sit on this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you're right about that. Um, but w- uh, before we get into the business, what is it like now being at attending just out of residency? Do you yeah, feel the oh freedom and like the perks of now attending life?
1: I would say... Life is a lot better on the other side.
0: Okay, <laughs> For a so long I was-
1: time, I was like, God, everybody keeps saying this, but like, how much, like, is it really gonna get that much better? It's so much better. Um, it's just so nice too. I think one thing I didn't realize out of residency is, you know, people talk about when you negotiate your contract and like you talk about your salary, but more than that, I think what's more important is your time, your protected time. And that was something that I realized both just as a mom. And a wife, and somebody who had an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit. I really wanted protected time for me to be able to do other things outside of medicine, and to also spend time with my family. So, just like one of those things, I kind of learned, um, and I'm still learning, is um, out of residency. Remember that time now is something that you can really begin to um, negotiate and care about, and something that you should really use to your advantage. So just having that little bit of time where I'm not coming home stressed out about studying or, um, you know, my boards, it has really helped me um, flourish in the areas that I've neglected from training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we, we neglect a lot of those areas, especially the sure. creativity area, you know, there's no time to really get into that in residency. And for, for me, that, that really actually uh, affects me in terms of like my overall happiness and well-being because there's no
1: room for yeah. any
0: creative expression, at, especially for entrepreneur spirits. Um, if that's you, like medicine is especially difficult when you're not able to do that. Yeah. And I think for you even because you started doing your social media page during residency and, and grew during that time, that was almost like Did you feel that was like a part of your creative expression and your entrepreneur spirit?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, backstory for me was I actually wanted to go to art school before medicine. And I kind of had like a, a calling to medicine, I guess you could say, just because of family circumstances and things that I had to deal with at a young age. But otherwise, I think I would have gone the art route. And I think that's always been a part of me. So I see that carrying through with every decision I make, whether it was um, to be pre-med, but also get my art minor, whether it was to go to med school and then specialize in dermatology, where it's a very visual artistic field, whether it was starting my Instagram and being able to have a creative outlet and expression. And now even to my business and all of the little details and things that I'm really focusing on um, from an artistic and um, expression standpoint, I think that that's something um that's so important to me and like my mental health almost too
0: yeah well something really beautiful happens when you combine two um skills or passions in any sort and I think I've heard I don't remember who I heard talk about this but you know combining two industries or two interests like art and medicine you can use that to create something new something unique something that people can really uh you know, benefit from. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people in medicine are have that that number two thing that they're really passionate about.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's um, great when you're able to combine those two things, I think. Um, okay. In a similar sense, I think for me, I've always been interested in solving problems or, you know, finding solutions like the business entrepreneur part of me mm-hmm. um, and and combining that with the, the you know the part of me that's now a physician and you know how can now how can I combine those things and and help solve problems in healthcare that um number one I'm passionate about doing that but number two it's it's yeah. like one of those things that um I feel comes a little bit more natural to me um and and I, yeah I- the
1: I think the other issue that a lot of people get hung up on is like, we're very used to formal training, you know, like we're like, this is the next step. This is exactly what I have to do to get to here and X, Y, Z. And then when you realize you have this other side of you, the the scariest and hardest part is just doing it because there's not this um, formula that you are so used to following and there's no right way to do it. And so the unknown and the, um, risk part of it is like so problematic to us as physicians, because we almost feel like this does not sit right with me. I don't know mm-hmm. all the answers. So how am I going to possibly, you know, jump in head first?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're so we're used to a formula and things being, you know, um, X, Y equals Z. Mm -hmm. And when you um, when you start something, uh, especially a business, you know, there's no formula or even right out of residency when now you are, you know, you're in the real world now making real world decisions. And um, I think for physicians, we we spend so much time that we're by the time we're 30 and we're doing real life stuff, everybody's already had five to seven yeah. years head start on us. Agree. And so we're still like, we're still almost like kids figuring this stuff out now, which is where like our friends at 23, 24 years old already, were figuring all of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it puts us at a bit of a disadvantage in that sense. Um, but, but I think, you know, it's, I think it's still important to be able to cultivate those skills um, and especially if you have an entrepreneurial personality or an interest to, um, you know, uh, prepare yourself to, uh, to, to be good with the discomfort and yes, uh, comfortable definitely. with the
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> Agree. That's a new feeling to me and I'm slowly but surely getting used to it.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk about Dermy Dog Box. Let's, so how did you get started into this? Um, you know, what's your journey been like and, yeah. Um where are you at now in terms of your uh business?
1: So I would say I've kind of always been um one of those people that's a little obsessed with skincare even before residency or you know even as a teen just experimenting with things I'm sure a lot of us were like Proactive users, and you know, peruse the skincare aisles, trying out different things. Um, so, even in my training and med school, I used to subscribe to a lot of subscription boxes um, because. I'm the type of person that enjoys a little happy meal. You know, like who doesn't love a package to themselves um, filled with surprises? So that was something I've just kind of always enjoyed doing. But then when I started actually getting into my training and understanding the mechanisms of actions, how things work, what different skin types needed, how you may um, adjust things based on the season... I started realizing, like, wow, a lot of these boxes are kind of filled with fluff and things that may not necessarily be good or um, are making a little bit of a ridiculous claim or just simply um, being thrown at you without any sort of direction or insight. Um, so, from my Instagram world, you know, I'm really used to guiding people, um, helping bust skincare myths and explaining ingredients and products and what to look for. And so I just kind of felt like this was the next natural step for me to be able to provide something tangible um, versus just my recommendations online. So I found myself kind of canceling my boxes because they would fall short in some... Category, whether that was the actual products or the inserts that were provided, the information, um, the actual like surprise factor, the packaging, everything. I just started like really thinking about those things. And I mentioned it to my husband one day and I was like, you know, I would just love to make my own box. And he was like, you should do it. And I was like, really taken aback by that because, again, we talked about that whole. Formula that we're used to living. And so I never really thought that this would be another part of my already chaotic, busy life and schedule. Um, But as residency started winding down and the pandemic hit, and there was a lot more time for me to sit and research and learn and read blogs um, and listen to podcasts, I started realizing, well, maybe I can do this. Um, So, yeah, honestly, it was a really big leap of faith and just a jump we took. Um, And one of the things that I think is the scariest part of it was I am just out of training and it was an investment and and still is a really big investment. Um, And so uh, there is this huge risk with doing it. But also another part of me knows that if I don't try, I'm just going to feel that regret um, for just not, you know, getting my feet wet and giving it a go. Absolutely. So, yeah, we launched... um, Officially in December, although we had started building up um, some hype on social media and uh, we sold out of our boxes in like 36 hours and we were like, oh, Oh, we did not plan for this. (laughs) Like we were like not anticipating that response Um, and... I think obviously the social media aspect had definitely helped because I had already had people who had been following me for a while and appreciated my recommendations. So I'd been able to establish that um, trust factor that I think is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's just a matter of us really refining our business model and um, being able to learn how to grow um, out of our house and into um, an actual center or what have you, because I I told you before we started recording right behind me, there is hundreds and hundreds of boxes (laughs) piled up in my office and, um, skincare products in my living room and dining room and I have two small kids. So everything has been gated off now and we're basically running a fulfillment center out of our house. <laughs> that's um, amazing. So yeah, it's been a little crazy <laughs> <laughs> to say yeah. the least, but in a good way, you know, these are good problems to have. So Absolutely, we're yeah. just trying to roll with it and um, grow as quickly as we can.
0: No, that's, that's amazing. Um, I want to, I want to go back in a second to how you actually you know, the processes that you yeah. put in place to actually get things started. Sure. But I wanted to, before, before that, I want to touch on something um, that's really interesting and it's you used your social media to build hype around your product and within and that helped you sell out within 36 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a, an amazing strategy for business owners um, using social media. Can you just walk us through like how you did that?
1: I think social media is a, it's a protected space and it's a space for you to own your expertise. Um, I think a lot of people, including myself, deal with imposter syndrome and feeling like, oh, I don't really want to sound like I'm um, pompous saying that I'm the expert in this arena, but you are, like you put in that training, you put in that time. And with so many people claiming to be like, you should own your expertise as a physician in your respective specialty. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that's something that I still struggle with. But I think that my audience really... Um, resonates with because I I do share the good and the bad. I share um, the things I love, the things I hate in terms of products and skincare and dermatology. Um, and then I also give them snippets of my personal life, um, whether that's home life or life with kids or life with kids in training um, or the back end or the behind the scenes of the entrepreneurial world, I think that um, knowing you on a personal level is helpful for your customer too, because uh, they they feel like they're almost supporting their friend, you know, like they get to know you so much and they get to know your personality and your um, expertise where they feel like there is um, no doubt in their mind that what you're giving them is um, exactly made for them because, you have put so much time and energy into whatever you've done to build that you know that level of trust with them. So that's something that is so important to me and I think from a business standpoint too, is scary because um, I don't want to disappoint um, my audience and my followers because I know that they do give me that trust and I've earned it. And so that's something that I'm always also reminding myself to keep and um, preserve. Um, because in the business world, uh, a lot of it comes down to money, you know, and um, that can be really difficult. But there's things that I've turned down and will continue to turn down because at the end of the day, my word um, and the loyalty that I've been able to create is far more important to me than that in the long run, especially.
0: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think what you do really well, or I think what you have and, and, and not a lot of people really do this or have this particular traits that you have this kind of like genuine factor I like to call it it's like the like you know you can look at someone um even people with a lot of followers you know people with however many followers you can think of thousands some people just don't have that genuine factor and some people do um and it's just like a vibe you get where like you feel like you can trust them and you know that You know, they're not just doing this to make a quick buck or they're, you know, they're doing this out of a true passion and uh, a true like, um, you know, because they love what they're doing and that goes a long way with the consumer and with people in general. And um, I think that's like the one thing that I see that um, is really like a thing that's that works well for you because it's I, you know, it's just a vibe, you know, you get it like She's she's out here doing some, doing something really good and trying to bring people a good service and um, <clears throat> I think I think like in other situations or scenarios, I could see, I could kind of, people, people can sniff things out. So, yeah. A
1: hundred percent. And you feel it too. Like yeah. if you log on to social media to post or to share something and you're not being genuine, like you know it too. And so your followers are going to see that. So honestly, there are days where I don't post to my stories. I don't post to my feed. I'm not one of those people that like follows this formula and exactly at this time and engages for this amount of, you know, and I know that Maybe that's um, also like shooting myself in the foot from a business standpoint, but also Mm -hmm. what you're saying, that genuine side of it is because in the social media world, there is so much burnout from this like oversharing and overstimulation. And so I already experience yeah. it to some degree and so I know mm-hmm. when to walk away from it or when I feel like you know what I don't have much to contribute to this space today and I don't have anything oh to say God. thank so you so I don't much. need to say anything
0: <laughs> yeah thank you so much for just bringing that up yeah. because it's 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 like one of those things that I've always um thought about but never really got to really talk about um but some of it is pretty formulaic mm-hmm. where it's like you know there's a f- you know a formula to create an audience and you know it's almost you it's almost like you start creating content just to create okay. content rather than create content like when you feel inspired or you have actually something to say and i think people are just trying to say too much yes. now agree okay. and i think that's actually a detriment where it's like you start you start you may be building an audience but you're not building the right kind of audience where people are you know People start to build like either resentment or yeah. like they're just following you just to like, you know, hate on you or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, I, I I see that kind of a lot, actually, um, where people are just doing this formulaic thing because they know it's going to help build their yeah. audience. Um, I think the biggest thing um, <clears throat> is just posting, you know, your genuine interests, knowing when you have something to contribute and and going off that and that leads to kind of that genuine audience. And even if it's small, even if it's a small audience,
1: yeah, great. that's
0: more important than having a huge audience. That's, um, you know, just there for views.
1: Agree totally. Right? And that's actually something in the subscription model that's really important. It's not about the fast in and out customer. It's about building that loyalty and that, um, um, commitment to your brand. And so it's not necessarily about the numbers. It's actually about the number of people um, who are continuing to come back. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that's why I resonate a lot with that model um, and the subscription box model, because... I'm not interested in getting my box into every single person's hand. I'm just interested in helping those who want to be helped and like guiding those who want to be guided in this space and giving them something to look forward to and also not overwhelming them. Same thing on social media. I really struggled with um, a lot of advice telling me, I need to make this monthly. I need to push out this many products. I need to like continue with this... um, this theme. And I realized, you know, you're, you're on a momentum, keep it going, keep pushing that. And I said, no, because as a dermatologist, I would never tell my patient to go get this many products every single month. Like that's a little, that's Mm -hmm. against my grain. So from a business standpoint, maybe it makes sense that I should be doing that. But from a physician standpoint and like ethically too, to me, I realized like, I want to provide this service because I want to help make People's lives a little easier in navigating the skincare um, aisles and the world of skincare. I don't want to make it more overwhelming. Um, so, mm-hmm. choosing to make my box seasonal every three months um, was something that I was advised against, but I still feel really strongly about.
0: I think that's 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 an amazing executive decision on your part, um, <clears throat> and that'll look like I really believe in long term. Uh, you know, long term vision and long term execution ethics is extremely important because people catch on and people, yeah. you know, it doesn't, it's the subtle things that people catch on to. Um, and they don't wanna be, especially now, they don't wanna <clears throat> be fooled. They don't wanna be taken for granted. They just want something that's genuine yeah. and like, you know, they don't, you know, it's it's about the mission and about the passion. When people see you care, um, that then they, then they are, you know, there's that quote, I forgot, it goes like, people don't care about how much you, you know until they know about how much you care. Sure. Along those same yeah. lines, it kind of works that way in business as well. Um, if you're doing something that isn't true to your kind of mission or personality or people can see, see through that. And, um, I think that's one of those things like I try to really um, keep remind myself of to make sure I'm just doing the things that I'm really interested in doing, really passionate about doing and making sure that uh, I'm staying true to that. Even though along those, along the way, there are opportunities to kind of like create what I call manipulation or, you know, easy money or things like Mm -hmm. that, because those, those things are going to pop up. And that's where your ethics come into play. And, um, you know, you cross those lines too many times, you know, you're gonna to start to pay the price for that. I
1: agree. Physician first. That's something I always say. Like, you did not put in all this time and effort to throw that oath that you took to the side. So, physician first, always, in every single decision I make, whether it's a paid advertisement or working with a certain brand or making a certain recommendation. Would I do this for myself, for my family, for my patients? If the answer is no, and I don't really care how good of a business decision it is. I'm a physician first. So that's something. And I know I, you know people are probably going to laugh and say like, oh, this girl's so like fresh out of residency. And of course she thinks that way. But that's, I think, something also like in my moral compass that I feel very strongly about. So I hope and I, I will work to make sure that doesn't go away.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. That's, 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 that's the reason people, that's the reason people trust physicians. That's the reason people, um, you know, saying, you know, in a way, the physician title gives you some credibility and that goes a long way in terms of building your brand, making business deals. People expect a certain level of ethics, Mm -hmm. responsibility, um, et cetera, et cetera, as for you as a physician. And, I think you're, you know, Physician First is exactly the mentality that everybody that's a physician should carry in their business because it gives you a big edge. It gives you a huge edge Mm -hmm. to really be a a business leader and an entrepreneur and solve problems and help Mm -hmm. people, especially in the business world, because your title carries weight and you have to live up to that weight. Yes, agree. And… I think that's I think that's that's partially <laughs> a reason for your success. Um, I wanted to go back. So how did how specifically did you um, get your get these boxes sold out in 36 hours? What was the hype? How did you use your social media prior to that to really gain traction and um, you know, create the consumer need yeah. where people were just ready to go And, and did you do that? Um, before you actually had a product ready?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot on the back end, I think. Um, First of all, a lot that I didn't know and a lot of moving parts. And one of the things I actually didn't talk about is when we sold out of our boxes, the very next day, we got a call from our um, box manufacturer to let us know that due to the holiday rush, our boxes would not be arriving in time. (laughs) Like the physical pink, cute dermy doc box that I had worked so hard on, like my artistic (laughs) side, like went all into that design and the logo and the branding. And I remember losing it. And I don't, I mean, I lose it, but not to that extent. And (laughs) I think I I was crying and I called one of my good friends um, who's also a physician entrepreneur. Um, her name is Heidi Godarzi She owns her own skincare line. And I was, she picked up the phone and I was sobbing and she was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Are your kids okay? Like the way I was crying, she thought something had happened. And then I told her and she laughed at me and she said, Fatima, welcome to business. Like (laughs)
0: something will always go wrong. She's like,
1: this is literally the first of many things to go wrong for you. Um, So yeah, you're, when I was uh, backing up to your question, um, building that hype, We had a lot of moving parts at that point, and we were really trying to push out a holiday box to really get our consumer feedback to um, be able to um, finalize our business model because we wanted a one-time purchase just to be able to survey people and take feedback and make it better. Um, Mm, yeah. So at that point, I literally, when we had launched, we had some product already arrived, some on the way, found out a box was not coming. Um, but all of the social media hype was just trying to pose questions to people on Instagram to get them thinking about what they were doing with their skincare and what they were doing wrong. Um, you know, like asking about their routines. What, what were you confused about? Uh, what, you know, what our box could potentially be answering for you. And the biggest thing I would suggest for any business is to have a landing page. So you don't have to have your whole website figured out, but at least secure your Mm -hmm. domain. So go purchase your domain, make sure it's available. So like for us, it was dermidocbox.com that was purchased and we had a basic site up. And the biggest part of that first landing page is a place to collect emails. Because as you know, Instagram and social media is so fleeting. You you may scroll past something and you don't see it, but having a consumer's email and being able to target them multiple times is going to be way more worth it in the long run for your business. so we encourage people to visit the link in our bio, sign up to learn more without giving too much away so that when the box was there, there was all of this hype built around um, submitting my email. I have to wait. Something's coming. This is so exciting that it really made people click open and hit their purchase right away because they didn't want to miss out. Um, so that pre-launch phase was so important for us. And that's something,
0: how long was that? That for? was a good month
1: of us just posting on social media and directing people to the link in our bio to add their email. So it was a good month before we launched uh, the actual physical product in December to, for sale. Um, Excellent. So yeah, I would definitely encourage that. Although people are like, go and just do it. Get your idea out there. That's good. But build the hype too. You know, Don't ignore the pre-launch mm-hmm. phase and the ability to collect those email addresses for the long run.
0: Were you sending out newsletters or any emails to no. people or just collecting? Just
1: collecting um, and they got an automated email saying, thanks so much and you'll hear back from us when we have something. So that when they did finally get an email and it was like, it's finally here or something like that, everybody wanted to click and open and um, you know, get their box before it was sold out. Um, So now that we had that hype, our next box, um, which we launched in January with our seasonal subscription, we have built enough... We have understood our audience enough to be able to not sell out and continue to add people through our subscription for the next three months Mm -hmm. until our next cycle of box is available. But that at least helps um, to give you a somewhat of a number of how many people might be Mm -hmm. interested. And this model or idea could really be applied to any sort of business. You know, you really have to start understanding your consumer, what they want, and you have to ask for their feedback. So the other important part of collecting those emails and getting those supports subscribe those purchasers in is letting them know, like, hey, you guys are gonna shape our company. Like, give us feedback. We want to hear it. And direct feedback that we got, we implemented right away because we knew these were the people that were um, in it with us and kind of felt like they were helping us build our company up. So they really wanted to see us successful. So we really took their feedback very seriously. And that feedback spreadsheet that I have is something I reference every single week um, to make things better.
0: Mm-hmm. So were you, as you were getting feedback, adjusting to that um, and kind of just creating the box as you go are perfecting yep. the box based on the customer Correct. Needs. So somebody
1: mentioned to me, like, um, I loved the pamphlet insert where I basically provide a pamphlet that details all the skincare products and what they do and how to use them and how to incorporate them. Um, but then somebody mentioned to me, you know, I truly love reading your black and white posts on Instagram that you know, our are, are educational, I would love to see something like that incorporated in your box. And I was like, that is a great idea. So we started inserting um, a postcard that is the science of skincare. And I break down a certain topic. And again, that's where I'm differentiating myself from the other boxes from a dermatologist or skin expert standpoint. And so there's room for you, whatever type of entrepreneur you are as a physician, to really tailor your business around the fact that you're also an expert. And there's mm-hmm. a way for you to tie that back in. And I was really struggling with how to connect that, and that one sentence of feedback was like that spark I needed to really figure it out.
0: Yeah. Were you, did you have any business background prior to any zero? Of this? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm we're talking about you 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 say all of these things that are like you know product market fit was which is essentially what you described and then Differentiating factor, which is also another common thing. Do you want to know what I did? I listened
1: to podcasts (laughs) on the way to and from work. So, (laughs) you guys, everybody listening, like this is what you need to hear. You know, like this is the thing that you need to like jump off your idea. And I was that person listening on my car drive, and like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And so I started listening to podcasts, listening to other successful entrepreneurs, getting ideas, doing my own research, and by research, I mean googling and reading articles and blog posts. And that's how I learned. And I'm still learning, you know? So um, I don't have any formal background in business or training, but also we kind of undercut ourselves. You know, like we've had to go through a high level of education. So we can can Mm -hmm. apply ourselves and apply knowledge in other avenues. We just have to be willing to give that a try and open our brains to that, you know, that side of things.
0: 100%, Yeah. Someone, someone's listening to this right now and they're going to start so a business. I'm so excited.
1: Tell me what month. you're going to start. <laughs> Message me. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> I hope so. i uh, guaranteed.
0: Someone's going to listen to this and they're going to start oh, a business. Oh, I love that. Um, so, so, yeah. Really, really interesting how you've kind of uh, been able to... I mean, it, it's amazing to me how, you know, you can launch a successful business. Um, for you, it seems like pretty quickly, correct?
1: Um, I mean, there was a lot of thoughts relative, yes, like, but no, no, it mm-hmm. happened very quickly. And I think, um, we're in a crazy time right now, like our world. Everything' is kind of on pause still. And so there have been so many businesses that popped up because Covid allowed people to literally press pause and rethink their life. And you were just telling me that too, like mm-hmm. about yourself. Like it really was a time for all of us to stop and reflect and think about what we want next. So, I think a lot of people are feeling this way, or sitting on something that they're so um, nervous, you know, to start and just get going with. But I think I just needed that push. And for me, I'm not going to take all that credit. Like my husband has really been my partner through this, and like has been very encouraging um, and pushing me to um, take this step. So we we're doing this together. This is like. Literally, what we do after the kids go to sleep, we work on our business. So, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome.
0: That's a no fun more project date nights. Do, you know? Like,
1: you know, no one's going out. No one's going to the movies. No one's yeah. going out to dinner. So we're just like, get our laptops. We sit at the kitchen table, and we're like, okay, you do this, I do that. Let's get to work. Honestly,
0: that sounds like better than yeah. It's, to me. I mean, we're saving a lot of money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. he loves I'm sure that. Yeah, he's happy. like, I love not planning yeah. things. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, it sounds like you got a great partner and someone who's very supportive, and that's sometimes um, uh, underlooked in in terms of like success in business. Like having a partner that's yeah. supportive. Um, I want to I want to go back uh, a little bit and just uh, for someone listening who is thinking about starting their mm-hmm. own thing. For for you, did you formulate this whole idea, or was it like a spark of um, inspiration? uh over time and then you thought like i could really be the one to do this um because some people just pull out a piece of paper piece pull out a piece of paper and figure out like they try to build something and they're trying to yeah. like create this thing that they want to go out and sell um and other people are just inspired and it just happens and they, they get rolling yeah. um w- For you, it sounds like it was the ladder where you were inspired. Yeah,
1: I think it was definitely because of my, I took my disappointments with other boxes that I used to get and thought to myself, what could I do to make this a better experience? Um, But I literally, you're going to laugh, but I have a document on my desktop that says goals. It's literally a Word document Mm. and I have random things that I type into there and I will be so embarrassed if somebody ever hacks my computer and like (laughs) looks at this. So don't hack me. Um, But literally just start like a Word document and just vomit into this document things that you're thinking. And it's crazy how you will start to connect those pieces over time. Because like I said, we're so like analytical and um, detailed about things, but sometimes it's just like a matter of like spilling it out onto a piece of paper (laughs) and thinking about what's what you know, what you don't know, what are the pain points you're trying to solve? Where are your deficiencies um, in the business world or, you know, what sort of things you need to learn? And that way you can kind of like, take it piece by piece and not overwhelm yourself. But I will literally open this document every now and then and like look through it and be and laugh to myself cuz some of those things that I wrote down like that were goals for me I've accomplished and I didn't even realize, you know, it, it was just like a rolling thing that kind of happened. So one of my goals written on that sheet was start a subscription box and so I just kept looking at that goal and I kept telling myself, I need to just flesh this out and I need to give this a try. Um, And you'll be surprised, honestly, how much information is online to do these things, whether it's podcasts or blogs or or YouTube videos. Um, And I promise you, we are highly educated people and we can handle it. Like we can do that, you know? So don't let that stop you. And protect definitely, your time, definitely. like we talked about. Like, that's what my days off are. Thursdays, we're talking on our podcast today, but in between before and after, I have meetings and calls set up. And my day off um, during the morning and early afternoon, I'm just getting this stuff done because it's important to me, just like my work is as a dermatologist. But this is something I schedule time for on my calendar. So use your time. Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. Do you think... um there's a few things i want to go over but number one i just want to comment say so it sounds like it's a passion project for sure you and it's something that you love to do um and i always tell people don't ever start something you don't absolutely (laughs) absolutely love because Mm -hmm. to get through those difficult times is um like very stressful and can be um agonizing if you are not just absolutely in love with it, passionate about it. So that should be, was that number one for, for
1: sure. You? Yeah. And I think that yeah. that was something I had to explain to my husband because he's not really into the skincare world. Um, and he was like, mm-hmm. what is this? What does that do? Why would you do this? Well, and so he asked me good questions too, because I had to prove myself, you know, like I had somebody to prove this concept to. So even having somebody to just talk it out to or a friend that you trust um, and just you know, hammer those ideas back and forth to each other or clarify your vision to um, is helpful, but definitely you got to be passionate about it because it is, it will make you cry like I learned. (laughs) So if you hate it, you're not going to keep going with it and you're not going to like improve upon it. You know, like anybody can throw something together, but in order to have a successful, sustainable business, you have to constantly be willing to put in the work to it. Nothing is going to just, churn and go by itself so you have to be willing to come back to it and put in that time and so I get excited about about this um and this is something that I think is going to contribute to avoiding burnout in medicine over time hopefully people actually following through on their passion projects
0: 100 100 for me it's the only thing that saves me great (laughs) literally um and uh so do you plan on doing this um, as a, uh, always as a side hustle, part-time, continuing your dermatology practice? How do you plan to go forward in the future?
1: I think one of the things um, right now is that I don't really have all the answers and I guess that's okay. Right now, I definitely still want to work as a full-time dermatologist because I am out of training and I'm literally soaking everything up. And it's been such an amazing experience to like finally be in attending and really um, find my way that I like to practice, um, build rapport with my patients. Like those are all things that excite me um, very much. So I don't see myself stepping away from dermatology right now. Um, And I do think that this will kind of be something that I um, continue to do as my passion project, but I'm realizing more and more, it can't just be like a side hustle because it takes up a lot of time. So one Mm -hmm. of the things that my husband and I are doing is we're actually growing our team because we realize like we can't do this by ourselves. Um, And so don't... I guess if you're listening and you're worried about like how are you going to find the time to do this, there are a million types of people you can hire to help you. So at least get it off the ground and treat it like your baby you know, especially in the beginning, like you need to be involved in a lot of aspects of it to make sure it goes right. And then start realizing what sort of things you can step back from. For example, Uh I need my home back. So we are hopefully (laughs) moving to a fulfillment center um, so that I am not spending hours packing boxes. Every single person who received a box, I packed it. And that was a lot of time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you are that you are a pure, pure bread Yes, yeah,
1: so literally I was up till midnight after work, after dinner, after putting kids to sleep, packing boxes, hundreds and hundreds of boxes out of our house, literally um, renting a U-haul, taking them to the post office because our home address is not considered a business address so they won't pick up. So there's so many things that we've like done behind the scenes to make this successful. And now I'm realizing like, okay, what sort of things can I step back from to gain back again, that, that topic we talked about, which is my protected time. And I don't need to spend time literally physically putting boxes into a, you know, Mm -hmm. products into a box. Um, so that's the next step for us.
0: That's great. And that's, that's from what I hear from really successful entrepreneurs is usually that's how things start off where they're wearing all the hats and slowly, delegating those things yep. um, I honestly I'm learning a lot from you and I am I, enjoying this and I, I hope that some entrepreneur comes up <laughs> we inspire our future dr.preneur doctor- from this um, what what pieces of advice would you give for any um, pre-med or medical student resident or attending doctor that's been in practice for 20 years mm-hmm. that wants to start their own, Business subscription service, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, what would you tell them as uh, kind of words of encouragement to um, do that?
1: I would say listen. Um, I would say, you know, use your listening ears because I think we think we know a lot, and you know, we do respect to that. But there's a lot that we don't know, and I was very humbled, and I'm still very humbled by this experience. So take the time to listen and by that, I mean, turn on some podcasts, listen to other people who have come before you, whether or not they're in the physician space, but just successful entrepreneurs and um, hear their stories, hear their failures, hear their triumphs and learn from those things before you think you have all the answers. Um, And then my second piece of advice is to Take the idea to somebody who would be a critic and somebody who might be a little bit of a hater um, and run it to them and let them question you in every single difficult. Um, avenue and actually my my little sister is gonna laugh when she hears this but my baby sister is literally like also my biggest critic like she will call me out um, and so when i first brought the box idea to her she had so many questions for me that i hadn't even thought through and really just hearing her critiques helped me refine my idea and make it make more sense because in your head you know you're like I have this great idea in my head. It, it works in my head. When you put it out into yeah. the world, maybe not so much. So take it mm-hmm. to somebody who's going to just like give it right back to you and be yes. willing to take that really hard advice or really hard critique mm-hmm. and um, use it to change and third thing is listen to your customer, you know, ask your customer, reach out to those initial people and they will love the fact that you are asking them for advice because they come to you as an expert for advice. And now you're suddenly telling them like, help me shape my business. And they are so willing to give their feedback and it will a hundred percent make your business a better business. Um, so listen is my biggest piece of advice.
0: I love that. The the critique part I particularly resonated with because I I love to um I love to take especially when it's someone who's done what you have already wanted to do or are doing some like a mentor that's already, you know, done something in your mm-hmm. space. Um because they kind of know the pitfalls and know what could go yeah. wrong. Um and for me I just I tell them look here this is my thing, this is my idea just whatever you got throw it at me you won't hurt my Mm -hmm. feelings um and I want the harshest critique that I can get I just want the truth you know I want to I want to know if I'm onto something or if I'm not um and and separating that from I think sometimes you know when we're invested in something we love um we're very like defensive about it yeah it's like your
1: baby (laughs) but
0: yeah but the I think there's 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 truth to business where the market is the market and you know if if you're you know no matter how much you romanticize something it doesn't change the you know the economics or the market so you have to you know balance your passion doing what you want to do with also creating the right product to fit the market and um and that's where critique sometimes often is the best (laughs) or the the consumer it's hard to take
1: but it will help you grow for sure
0: yeah yeah um Fatima, thank you so much because I've learned a lot from you and, um, I think our listeners are going to really love this episode and they're going to love, uh, your product, uh, or hearing about your product and learning from you. And I just want to give you an opportunity to talk uh, to our listeners, help them connect with you, uh, and let them help them find out where they can, um, learn more about Dermy Talk
1: box. Thank you so much for having me. That was a lot of fun. And this was actually my first um, podcast where I got to talk about the box and not about just skincare and my advice. So it was a really refreshing Um, take on that. And I love that we didn't have a script and we just kind of ran off things. So that was really fun. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You can find me on Instagram, obviously, um, at Dermy underscore doctor is my main page. And then our business page is at Dermy Doc Box or com. And um, anybody listening who is looking for just a little advice or wants to run an idea, um, I'm definitely still new and fresh in the game, but always happy to give my two cents and um, always happy to receive that feedback too, especially if you visit um, my page or my site and you have things to critique me for, I'm here for it because we're all in this together. um, And thank you for creating the space for us to bounce these ideas and inspiration off of because I draw from your episodes and gain so much inspiration from my personal life and business life from this um, podcast. So I appreciate being, you know, being on here and having the chance to share my story with others.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Fatima. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed this one. Before you go, Dr. Fatima has generously agreed to giving away a winter 2021 Dermy Doc Box is part of a promotion for this podcast. Dang, that is so hard to say. I've had to say, I've had to redo this about 10 times. I'm not even joking, guys. All right. It's a winter 2021 Dermy Doc Box. There. (laughs) So the instructions are actually in our show notes. You can also, if you can't see those instructions, you can see the webpage with the podcast episode as well. But you should be able to click read more and find those instructions. All right, guys, make sure you follow those instructions carefully if you want to be eligible for the giveaway, which will be done next week with Dr. Fatima and I. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope to see you again next week. All right. Peace.